Hello and welcome to the Hello I'm Grieving podcast. I am your host, Dr. Julie Shaw, founder of Hello I'm Grieving, a community where we focus on acknowledging and dealing with grief to live a full life. Our tagline, Say Hello to Grief, emphasizes the importance of mindfully and courageously acknowledging and engaging with grief so we can find hope, lessons, motivation, and healing in the midst of our pain. So today we have the opportunity to say hello to Patty Montoya, who is a psychic medium, energy healer, anticipatory grief coach, death doula, and so much more. She is the founder of Titi Poza, a space created to help people and help people process grief and transition. Titi Poza was created after experiencing the loss of Patty's brother, mom, and grandparents. Patty provides the services that she did not have while anticipating the loss of her family members. Patty believes we are all working through our traumas and grief, and we come to this earth to learn, heal, and then teach. Using energy healing, spirits, or tarot cards, she supports people transitioning from grief or trauma into inner peace and confidence. So I just want to give a special shout out to Patty today for joining um, because she's going on this journey with me as well to, to even kick off the Hello, I'm Grieving podcast and be a part of this first season. So thank you for being a guest and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And so I want us just to kick off. I know time is, is very valuable and let's just talk about, because I'm so interested in what you do. Um, and cause I am completely open to mediumship and tapping into our energy and understanding how our energy even affects how we grieve. So yeah. what brought you to this work? And I guess, how did you even identify your gifts and, and who encouraged you along the way? Yeah, it was very beautiful because we have a, a doctor in the family and she's a medium. Um, and when my grandmother was passing away, she told us, hey, your grandmother's passing away. And she kind of guided us, right? Like she knew she was le like her soul was leaving soon. And I didn't, you know, process it. I was like, okay, whatever. She's like our energy doctor and we just go and she does weird things and we just leave it at that, right? And then my brother got sick for a whole year and um, before, I work with her a lot, right? Um, and before he passed away, she also told us, you know, he's ready to go. Um, and one thing that I would never forget is when he passed away, we called her and she was like, you know, he can still hear you, you can talk to him. And I talked to him and it was so beautiful. And my grief was so, so hard. It was just, I was, I had already graduated high school. I was moving, I was in Colombia, I was moving to the United States. And there's just a lot of transitions and just a lot of grief that there's no time or space to process this. Uh, I think, as you know, Julie, like losing a sibling is just so hard because their parents are grieving a different grief. Your sister is grieving kind of like, there's just other people's grief involved, right? Um, so I feel like I never had like space. And in that grief, my brother showed up one day, like I was crying so hard and I saw him. I was like, clearly mm -hmm. I saw him and I just put it away because I'm like, okay, obviously I'm grieving. I'm like, like crazy person. Right. <laughs> 
Um, and then my mom passes away a couple of years after my brother. And um, again, uh, I, our doctor was like, you know, like, talk to her. So I talked to her and I sat with her and I told her I loved her. And one day, a couple, maybe a year later, I went to see her and she told me, she she's like, she's like, do you sing? And I'm like, I felt like she was asking me, like, do you sing in a chorus or something like that? And I'm like, I mean, I sing in like my shower. I don't know if that counts. And she's like, your mom is telling me that you should sing more, that she loves it when you sing. Obviously, I started bawling and she's like, you, you cried too much. Um, so like sh she's showing me the little like teddy bear or something like a, a um, hug it, you know, like just feel your mom there. Like just and I feel like that was the first instance that it just clicked for me. It was just like thinking back to that moment. I was like, that was the moment that was like everything made sense my dad would tell us like oh your mom sent this message my mom my dad doesn't really believe it but she mm -hmm. it's just weird it's like he trusts her with his life but he doesn't like really believe it so but he would be like your mom sent this message and that but then when I felt it and she gave me very clear directions of how to kind of like hold my grief and have space for my grief I was like, so now I sing and I think about her and I sing for her and I, I have this plush toy that I like I sleep mm -hmm. with and I hold when I'm crying. And that was kind of a big instance for me of realizing, okay, there's this beautiful like process that could help people. Um, there's so much more, but I don't know if you, you had questions about kind of that, that, that story I told you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm even wondering how do you deal with, right? And, and again, people that are listening, some people might believe, some people might not, some people might be open, some people might be thinking about this, how we still have these connections. And how did you think that, you know, when you talked about your dad, how you said, ah, he doesn't really believe in this. Um, but then also understanding the gifts that you have, how have you been able to communicate that and and has he been more open to discussing it talking about it or being more engaged with with your gifts and these these messages yeah so um basically i started working as i mean training really as a medium with an amazing mentor i have in seattle and she's like i was struggling with receiving so many messages we've I've lost so many uncles and family members and I just like, they're always there. And she helped me kind of like figure it all out and put it in place and just kind of, I call it office hours. Like I'm open, I'm closed, right? Like it's, just, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and as I was working with that, I, I also kind of work with understanding, hey, this is something that helps me and might help other people. It's just one tool, right? Some people do sports, some people mm -hmm. paint, some people cook, some people want to have this message. And I've seen it with my clients. Um, for example, I had a client that I saw on Friday and I like, she came to me because of energy healing and grief. And then I'm like, your mom is here. I don't know if you want to kind of hear her out. And she's like, 
wow like I don't like I don't know and I'm like you know I, I'm a medium I don't know if you knew <laughs> and she's like kind of like just kind of like just you know like she so you she, all were working she, on something else and then on something mom, else yeah oh wow yeah okay. okay and I'm like there's a message from your mom I tried to be very kind of discreet and just mm-hmm. and I told her um your mom is here she has like a beautiful message and I started telling her I told her like there, I see a Virgin Mary, I see like a, a, a light, like a blue light um, kind of cover, like wrap. I don't know why I keep saying a, a Virgin Mary. Like, I don't believe in Virgin Mary. Like, I don't know. Right. And she's like, oh, my God, that's exactly the mess. Because I told her, go talk to your mom, write a letter, like channel. And she's like, that's exactly the same message I got. Thank you so much. And I think that so it's she a, had also received a message that had the Virgin Mary in it? Yeah. So she, I had told her before, I'm like, go channel your mom, like write to her, send her a message, sit with her, whatever you're getting to sit with it. And one of my biggest challenge for myself personally is believing in the message, mm. like believing in the message I am receiving for myself and for my clients. So I don't judge all that to say that I don't judge people if they're like, you know, yeah. Um, because it's kind of weird and it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's different for people <laughs> yeah. to own that, right? To say, um, you know, because this is something actually I've been leaning more into is how do I receive signs? How am I still continuing a relationship with my sister? And that can seem very, you know, out of place for folks, especially since there isn't a physical representation, there isn't a physical body here. Right. And, and when we do receive these signs or these messages, it's, it can be hard, like you said, to even validate them for ourselves to say, yes, this was a message from my loved one, or yes, this was a message from my person. Um, and sometimes we can dismiss those. And I've, I've always wondered and, and this is the, the truth of the matter. Anytime I talk about signs or messages, it's, and maybe I, I would love to hear from you on this. Yeah. That sometimes it's, it's okay if you don't receive them. I, you, you know what I mean? Like, because some people would be like, well, I didn't get a sign or I didn't get a message. How do you deal with, with those types of questions or those type of, you know, thoughts from people? Because I've always, I've always been of the belief that Yes, some people can receive them, but however, like don't um, get so down on yourself if if you aren't receiving or, or seeing those messages from, from your loved ones. Yeah, so I took a, a lot of classes with my doctor and she's the be- of the belief that is like, don't put all of your kind of might into those messages. Just, you might not get them. I am under the impression, and this is my personal belief, that we do get messages. We just not might get it the same way that we ask, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, for my mom, the symbol is a blue butterfly, right? So if I ask for a blue butterfly and I don't see it, it's like, oh, she's not. Yeah. And I feel like that's so my personal belief. And I can tell you kind of just a short story. Like, yeah. I was very blocked to talking to my mom because it was just a lot it's, really hard and I'm in a conversation with a client of mine who we have a beautiful relationship and she's like uh and I was looking at I don't there's some paintings behind me uh-huh. um that my mom made 
And I would make, looking at her and just kind of looking at the paintings and she did something that my mom used to do, like just like a, an action with her hands. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, but my mom, you did exactly like my mom. And she's like, actually, your mom has a message for you. Hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not your my appointment. This is your appointment. Right? <laughs> like, 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 no, we can put whatever. Fast forward, she tells me the message. And then I realized it's like, we do get messages. We just choose to ignore them or not, right? Yeah. Like, I was just so close to like receiving messages, a lot of just internal work that you have to do when you're talking to someone that has passed away. Um, so my belief is that we do see messages. They just might not come in the way that we ask yeah. for or expect it. Um, I talk to my mom all the time. I see messages in ways that I had never expected, but I know it's her, right? Yeah. Like signs can be, you ask for, you know, like an Uber to arrive in a minute because you're in a rush and uh -huh. you get it, right? Like I believe those are kind of just, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm just so absolutely surrounded by angels. Like nothing has happened to me really that is like, I don't know. I, I, I walk through the favelas at midnight and I'm, I'm just like, nothing has happened. It, it's not that I'm going to put myself in danger, but Correct. I do yeah. believe like test I'm it. just so protected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to test yeah. it. Let's not test it. Yeah. But I feel it just kind of like if you're open to hearing and seeing you might get the message in such a different way yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Like I get that. Right. And I think even how I was saying that's how it's been for me is what you just said about how you had a major block with talking to your mom after my sister died, you know, in my head, I aspired to be able to talk to her, but there was something about just talking out loud, um, you know, that, that there was that block there that I didn't know how to have that conversation like in, into the universe um, to be able to talk to her just vocally. Like I would have mental conversations, I would say, but yeah. I think there's something to actually vocally talking out loud um, that I feel like can even bridge that connection and make it stronger. And so it, it's just about finding different ways. Or you even mentioned writing letters and and being able to write those letters. I also had a block there. So really? I, I think even what, yeah, because you know I, I I probably used to write a lot more or journal more and use that as an outlet. But when my sister died, I could not put that pen to paper. And for me, it was simply because if I did, and, and even talking about it now, I think verbally talking out loud and taking the action to write something physically on paper um, really cemented the fact that my sister was dead, right? Like yeah. I had yeah. to own the fact that I'm talking out loud to, you know, the air <laughs> and yeah. I'm writing on a piece of paper that I will never be able to hand to her, right? And so those are the things that can really hit you and prevent us from you know, really acknowledging the grief that we're holding. Yeah, it's funny because, and I think this is something for every listener. I always tell my clients, those that believe and don't believe, it mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. I tell them, write to them. And mm -hmm. whatever you write, you'll see that you might not use that word or that you might highlight a word that 
you know, oh. or writing a different, right? Like I, when I write and talk to my mom, because I'm like, okay, I don't believe it. But if I write it, I'm like, the, the facts are here, right? Like, it's just like, she tells me things that I didn't know, or she brings to awareness things that are like, yeah. oh, but not to be like, I'm not a psychology, but like, I, I was going to give you like a perspective that I have yeah. with your story, which I have encountered myself and I've seen it in a lot of clients. Sometimes we don't like to talk to people because there are conversations that we didn't have that they want to have with us. Right. So wow. uh, with that's my big. mom, she kept asking, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was saying that's big. Like what you just said about you know, when we have these conversations and if it correct me if I'm wrong, but what I heard is these are conversations that we wanted to have with that person or that they wanted to have with us. You can correct me. I want to make sure I'm understanding it. I'm like, how? Yeah. Sometimes it's like they wanted to have, or I always tell people when we, I believe in the afterlife and I believe that when we pass away, we go into kind of this spa and healing area right we mm -hmm. heal we see things from such a different perspective right so i've encountered myself personally and with a lot of clients that their person who passed away comes and asks for forgiveness right and forgiveness not in a way of sometimes they harmed you in the case of my mom she asked for forgiveness from me and i'm like there's i mean you were the best mom you could be with what you had right like mm -hmm. no regret there so I was kind of very like there's there's obviously you know well I had a, a complicated relationship with my mom I, mm -hmm. it was just really yeah just a lot we had to go through a lot together and I was like I didn't want to have that conversation I didn't there, she was she had nothing to ask for forgiveness so I was like pushing it back I'm like I'm not going there. You're perfect. You're like an amazing mom. And then talking about it, she was like, it, like it hit me. Like I'm working through a lot of generational trauma. I'm under, yeah. and that was one of the reasons that I started energy healing. I'm like, there's a lot of things that are just not mine that I'm carrying. Um, so like when my mom was pregnant with me, um, you know, like there's just a lot that had happened. My dad had been released from being kidnapped. We we had moved to Miami. I was born in Miami. Um, her family was away. Like my dad was in Colombia. It's just a lot, right? And you have a, all you have of a that, story. I have a story. I need to yeah. tell. Um, this is not the moment I know, but I I do feel like all of that was kind of. It, it, I believe that you inherit like emotions also from NATO. I do too. I do too. My mom so, talked about that with with me too. That. Um, she was going through a lot of struggles and I'm also, I'm a daughter of an immigrant as well and understanding like how for her to get over here to the States. Um, but she talked about how, even how much she cried a lot when she was pregnant with me. And it's interesting because that's one of the stories that they tell about me as a young child is that I cried a lot. Like, and, and she always says like, I was the only one that could make you stop crying but like you were, and my aunts and uncles will tell me that too. They're like, you just would not stop crying. And you think of those connections, how my mom now tells me this story about what she was going through when she was carrying me um, yeah. and to understand what else has been passed down. And that is in, that lives in my cells and in my body. 
Yeah. And I think that that's a grief we're doing, right? I, f- I feel like grief is just a transition. We're just kind of like letting, kind of saying goodbye mm. in a way to that part of us or that situation and saying hello to this new world, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like when you say hello, I'm grieving, it's just like, I'm transitioning, I'm, I'm, I'm this new person or I, I, I'm in this new situation exactly. or in this new place. And it, it has um, effects on me. Um, but thank you so much for your story. It's, it is beautiful to see like someone so aware of their emotions and mm-hmm. kind of what they're carrying. I'm get, I'm getting there. And I, I yeah. feel like, I, I feel like that's been ex- exactly what you're talking about. It's this new transition, right? And grief is what was the catalyst for that transition. It was, Correct. it was, it was the thing that kind of I think with any of us who really deeply understands grief um, is it shakes you up. It, it, it breaks you open. It changes you completely. And so it's in a way it has pushed me to get more in like more in touch with my emotions and to really understand what are the internal dialogues that are going on? What are the different, you know, things that I may have been pushing to the side that I want to ignore where now I'm in this space of, yes, saying hello to it and like welcoming it in, but then also understanding I could say hello to you now, but I might have to like <laughs> put you to the side for a second while I process some things. But it's 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 a whole journey that we go on and just encouraging like listeners to be able to say, how can you open yourself up? Because as much as we're afraid of some of the painful things, that can come out from it and opening ourselves up that when we go through that pain, that there can be something really beautiful on the other side. If, if we allow that. A hundred percent. I think that, and I think that's kind of where mediumship can really show you like they're okay. You're okay. You're surrounded and life continues, you know, like, I'm just in a book club and we're reading um, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, Oh, yeah. Viktor Frankl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about that, how after all of that suffering, he Mm -hmm. found like, you know, like life continues and and there's things that I can be joyful about. And I think that that's so beautiful that we're not stuck in our grief, right? Like, I think grief is just, I kind of carry it like, yeah, like a badge or just something that happened, but I don't want it to define me. Like mm. this is, and I, I really believe that when my brother passed away, I started learning about, I was raised Catholic, but it didn't answer my questions. Like just the mm-hmm. religion wasn't answering kind of, for example, why do we not celebrate death? Like a Buddhist, Buddhist, you know, like, or yeah. like in India, like they do I was in India and like a body just passed and there were like parades and just happy for this person. And I'm like, if we're all going to die, like it just made no sense. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and it's like, but a kid cannot die. It's like, there's no rules. <laughs> there's no hard rules here. <laughs> no rules and at I all. Think, That's also a hard lesson. <laughs> yeah. And I feel for me, it was kind of like, I don't know. I just, I went into this grief learning process. Um, and I really believe it was something that I needed to do. I just, I knew 
when my brother died that it was like there's something here I don't know what and then when my mom died I was just like I get it like there's just I need to work with people that um for me it was kind of like I didn't have any support there's no I was in Colombia there's no it was just a lot and it's like and you're the caregiver in a way or another um so all of that situation that you're like you were telling like you're at the hospital you're working you're figuring mm-hmm. it out nobody's asking you how are you right other than your sister yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like like other than that nobody's asking you so all of those things is like understanding that there's we also need that support so i i don't know i it, it might not be for everyone but i do believe that things happen um and then we make whatever we want with that situation right yeah. like we yeah. can sit and cry and which is completely Do understandable choice? Do you believe it's a choice on how we respond to our grief? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred. I just posted yesterday something I said, like what happened to us is 10% and then 90% of how we react to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I believe that there's so many choices and I, I'm not saying there's a bad choice. I'm just saying you choose what you want to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, with, um, you're a coach, uh, sorry, you're mm-hmm. like a basketball player with that experience. You're like, how do I want to be a coach? I have all of this experience. You could have continued professional. You could have just let it go. You choose what you want to do with that experience for good or for bad. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's definitely something I've learned through athletics <laughs> is there's always, there's always choices and Sometimes they're quick choices and sometimes they're like really intentional thought out choices to be strategic. Um, but you know, with life, you never know what's going to happen. And, and, you know, I get caught up in that too. It's like, Oh, what's, what's going to happen. I need to know. And can we get to a place where we just allow like ourselves to be present, which is also very challenging too. Okay. I do want to um, talk about an anticipatory grief because I know this is something that, that you're really passionate about too, about helping others with and teaching people about. This one struck a chord with me because anticipatory grief was something that I learned about after my sister died and which I absolutely wish someone would have just told me about because in the midst of everything that was happening, I did not know I was actively grieving. And so a lot of people will think that you only grieve the death when someone has died, like after, like you have to wait till after until you can start grieving when, especially like in, in my case or in other people's cases where you actually do have like a long death or an impending death or, or an impending loss, you know, that, that you are grieving in those moments. And I just, I felt so lost and I didn't receive the clarity until I learned what anticipatory grief is. So talk about how you help people um, through that and even prepare them. Yeah, first of all, I am in on the same boat. Like I didn't hear about this word until much later. And when I feel like when we label our emotions, it's just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like this is what I'm feeling. So let's start with what is anticipatory grief? Because some people might not know. For me, anticipatory grief is that grief that we feel before something kind of dies or passes away, right? 
Um, so in my case, it was just that feeling, that grief that I was feeling, knowing that my brother was going to pass away. Like mm -hmm. when you have like, you know, you know, they're passing away. Like th that's kind of that feeling. A lot of, I think, emotions that I felt uh, that I hear from my clients as well, that I think is very important to re reiterate that it's normal is, oh my God, I wish they were died. They, they died now because it's so painful. So my brother was sick for a, a good 12 months, 10, yeah. 12 months. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's in and out of hospitals. You have your life, right? I was in high school. I was applying to uh, colleges, SATs, all of these things. Um, and my parents only had kind of time for my brother, right? So you're yeah. going through a lot. Um, I would tell my doctor, for example, I would tell her I have like nightmares of his funeral, right? So you're imagining kind of the funeral and you're also planning of after he dies or they die and you feel horrible, or at yeah. least I know I did. So I think that is really, really normal. I just want to put it out there because I feel like we, sometimes we just need to know that we're not bad people. It's yeah. just normal emotions that we're feeling. That I mean, that's really, really great to just call out and tell people. So I'm glad that you said that <laughs> because I know some people will probably be listening and be like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's, it's that feeling of, am I a horrible person? Am I a bad person? Or I know some of the thoughts that I went through, like, will I make this happen? Will I be responsible just because of my thoughts? Right? Yes. And- <sighs> And so it's like, oh my gosh, I can't think this, you know? Um, and in, in, I think the, the permission that we have to give ourselves to say it's normal and it's okay, because then we can't verbalize it out loud to anyone. So now it's this cycle of now we're internalizing all of this and not sharing with other people that I'm having, I'm having these thoughts and those thoughts are completely normal. Ex exactly what you said. And I am also really glad that you said um, that there's also part of you that starts to recognize or acknowledge in some way, like it, it, it may be better, right? Like that you see them going through pain and, and our stories kind of are very similar. My sister was in the hospital probably upwards to like nine, 10 months as well. And there were many times where I told her it's okay, right? It's okay if, if, if you leave, it's okay if you go, right? Um, because you have to make choices on what is going to be her life if she does stay hooked up to a machine, what's going to be her life if she doesn't um, fully recover. So um, being able to, to recognize that can be very very hard. All right. So, you know, again, just talking about how we can have these different thoughts running through our head that's involved with anticipatory grief. Um, I mean, how do you, you know, I guess coach people through this, educate them on this. What are some things that I feel like could be something that people practice as they're going through anticipatory grief? Yeah, so the main thing that I do is really, first of all, it's kind of energy healing. It's kind of 
taking away a lot of that anxiety. I think anticipatory grief is anxiety, right? It anxiety is that idea of like what's gonna happen and we cannot control it, right? So helping them with I do Reiki energy healing, just whatever I have to kind of lower that anxiety so they they can kind of think and function, right? So that's kind of the first step. Then um it's really kind of talking, a lot of talking of like, okay, what are your worries? Right? Mm-hmm. Like anticipatory anticipatory grief is a lot of like um i don't know if i'm gonna have financial security i don't know what to do my to my kids so it's a lot of like let's talk through it and let's be honest right let's be honest about you know what my dad wasn't that great of a person but i do want to be there okay let's how do we want to work through it because one of the things i think i think we do a lot is that when someone passes away they become this hero, right? Yeah. They were this, not that great person, but all of a sudden he was a great father, a great mother, a great sibling. And we just idealize them. And I think that when we idealize a person that we had kind of a conflictive relationship, it's hard because we cannot really grieve that kind of like, you know, like yeah. all of those emotions are still there. So it's a lot of like, planning with the understanding that this is a safe space right if you want to tell me about your dream or your desire that this person like finally dies because you're so exhausted Mm -hmm. we're in a safe space to kind of release that energy and so it's really a lot about that the second part is or third or whatever (laughs) I I do it another part another part (laughs) another part yeah, yeah let's not count um it's a lot of like what do you need help with? How do you ask for help, right? So that's something that I think that people, I don't know your situation, but people at the beginning, they're sending flowers and baskets and things and really, really helpful. And then they move on, which is totally understandable. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not judging here, but we don't. And we don't know how to um, organize. Yeah. Yeah. And ask for help is really hard. And, you know, we... And my situation, I was 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a child, right? Like yeah. living with my parents. And it's like, I need I need help. I need someone to take me, to bring me to grocery shopping, whatever the situation is. And I was really fortunate that I had a lot of support and I have big family, but it's hard to ask for help because people will say, let me know what you need. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. So breaking it up and being like, hey, um, I know that your sister has a car. Maybe she can pick up your kids. Mm. Okay, so let's ask her that every Wednesday at 2 p.m. She's going to pick up your kids so you can go running. You can whatever, right? So helping them kind of structure it in a way to like really pen and pencil. I'm I'm big on pen and pencil. Writing it down a lot in that. Yeah. So really understand kind of what are the resources? Who do you ask? How do you ask? Uh, what do you really need? And and thinking through like funeral arrangements at, and and just kind of what do you want? Is this important to you? Because sometimes um, we're kind of if your husband is passing away and then your husband's family just takes over yeah. and you're like, I didn't get to do what he wanted that he told me, right? Yeah. When you're married for so many years, you 
your family doesn't really know you at this point. Like you've, yeah. you build a new family. It's so, so many different like relationship dynamics that take place too, right? Um, in understanding that everybody's going to have their own personal relationship with that person. And then when they die, it becomes a completely different understanding of what that relationship is. And on, and the person that is actually the other half of that relationship is not here to speak. Right. And to confirm or validate. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I tell people is when someone passes away, we, we're not only grieving them, we're grieving all these other relationships. Like you said, like I was grieving the relationship I had with my dad and my mom and my sister and my uncles and aunts because it's it's just not the same we there's a whole new dynamic that has to be put in place and you're maybe angry or sad or whatever and you have to grieve you have to understand that it changed and that it's okay to grieve it like give it space to grieve it Mm -hmm. yeah and and I think you know when we're trying to create that space it can also be hard for us to even set the boundaries and to understand what type of space do I need that is going to be beneficial to me and also beneficial to others, right? Because sometimes before it's that whole saying of you can't pour from an empty cup that you do have to take care of yourself first before you are trying to take care of other people. And we can get caught up and rush into that um, and, and try to help so many other people when then we start losing parts of ourselves, which is a whole other grief. Like we're grieving that person that we were and how you said transitioning into, into someone new. Um, I know you've said so many great things today that I know we could keep on talking. Um, I want to wrap up with two closing questions. Yes. Um, and Hopefully it can be something that could, again, help others say hello to grief, Um, even just learning everything that they have. And I really, truly appreciate how you gave dynamic understandings and even mentioning that everything doesn't have to like be all perfect, even the relationships that we had with the the people that have died, right? Because it really struck me moments ago when you were talking about how we idolize people or we have this idea of them when it's really that honesty that if we can have those honest conversations, and I'm sure that's where like you come in when you are working with people and asking them these questions, because I wish I would have had somebody to ask me those questions. And I think even three years later, I still want people to ask me questions. Um, Okay. So I'm going to ask you these two closing questions. Okay. So if you were to say hello to someone today who is grieving, what would you say to them? That's a good one. (laughs) Um, I think I would ask them about the person who passed away. Like, tell me about that person who passed away. Nice. I love that. I love asking that question too, right? Because it gives people an opportunity to actually share and we want people to ask us those questions. Um, yeah. We want to talk about it, but it's so awkward, right? Yeah. So giving <laughs> people some. that I space. Don't know. I, I'll bring it up every time I can. That's probably why I started this podcast so I can just talk about it more. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. And then the second question 
is if you were to say hello to your own grief today, what would you say? I, I would say, I see you and there's space for you. Mm. Nice. Yeah. It makes it seem, you know, and I think that's what this is all about. Like that invitation, that invitation to have a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I didn't get that. I didn't get that space. I didn't get that. People didn't ask me. And I think it goes back to that. We just want to talk for good or for bad, which is, and we don't know what to talk about, right? Sometimes. So you just need to ask the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. And how we can be more intentional about the questions. Cause you're even making me think of like how we can just sit with our own grief. And I I've told people this too, is like, ask your grief questions. Like, yes. like think about it as a real thing. Imagine what your grief looks like. Have you can play with it that way and, and, and ask it questions because I, I'm pretty sure you, you'll be really surprised um, at what it says back. And I think if we can listen to it and how you said, like, I can make space for you, then yeah. it, it makes it a, a somewhat easier conversation when you continue to practice, right? It might not be easy at first, but when you continue to practice, it can get easier. Yeah, it's a process for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And where everyone can say hello to Patty is you can find Patty and please follow her at titiposa.com. That's T-I-T-I-P-O-Z-A.com. Also on Instagram at titiposa coach. So T-I-T-I-P-O-Z-A coach, C-O-A-C. H and then also on YouTube, you have, you just started a YouTube channel. So also yeah. at TT Posa, love <laughs> it. It makes it easy for everybody to find you and say hello to you. Um, and then also in closing, if grief has taught me anything, it is at our time. That is that time is our most valuable resource. So thank you. Thank you so much for giving your time today. Thank you for taking time to say hello to grief today. There are so many people in this world grieving the loss of someone or something and it's not my goal to reach every single one of them. It's simply to reach one. And I hope that person is you. I hope you took at least one thing, just one thing from listening today. I know I've taken so many that helps you on your journey. So take the time to say hello to your grief today. And better yet, say hello to someone else because you never know who you will be greeting in their grief. So as always, I would love to say hello to you. So follow me at Hello I'm Grieving on Instagram or on Threads. Um, and let me know what resonated with you and what topics you would like to learn more about. So until next time, I look forward to saying hello.